It is the 200 level episode 116. Good God. We're moving along here. It's Thursday, about 48 hours after the last podcast. And as these weeks go on, and as these days go on, every now and then I think, okay, what the hell am I going to talk about? And sure enough, right about 3, 3.30 in the afternoon, something comes down the pike, and then it's like, okay, well, there is the podcast. That's what we're going to be talking about. And recently, so often, it's been the Big Ten and Big Ten football that has been the primary source of conversation, understandably. It's weird how the Big Ten, if you think about it, if the old adage of no publicity is bad publicity, the Big Ten is killing it right now. Because even though there are no games, they continue to get more publicity than any other college football conference, which I think speaks to the power that the Big Ten really has. But today, another resurgence of the let them play movement, or we want to play movement, depending on who you're asking, whether it's coaches or players, all of it understandable, okay? On both sides, understandable. And usually I'm not the type to do the whole both sides thing. Usually I think, wait a second, there's one side that is in fact more correct than the other. But when it comes to this, at least the motivations behind the admin that's saying we should probably not play, and the coaches and players that say, we want to play, I get both of them. So we are going to get to that conversation in a bit because it's not been a good tenure for Kevin Warren so far, undoubtedly. But I think there's more factors at play, and I think there's some gray areas here where we could point fingers at him and say, worst commissioner ever, and it is this guy's fault and only this guy's fault, when in actuality, there are some very, I think, obvious things right in front of our eyes that the coaches, at least the outspoken ones, are kind of missing out on. So we got Ryan Day, we got James Franklin, my two favorite football programs, Ohio State and Penn State. Penn State, of course, well known for how they got off scot-free, essentially, for enabling a child rapist in Jerry Sandusky. And Ohio State, which has its head so far up its own ass, don't even get me started. Now, I understand why, if you're a Buckeye fan, you would have said head up your own butt about Ohio State football. But nonetheless... The Big Ten is a juggernaut, and to see these little indications, these little hints from Buckeye riders and Buckeye bloggers and Buckeye fans, and maybe even to a small extent, Ryan Day and what he said today, just get off your high horse a little bit. The Big Ten does okay for you guys, and certainly... Ohio State does more than okay for the Big Ten. Uh, is it a two-way street where they are mutually beneficial for one another? I don't know. Ohio State probably does bring more to the conference. But nonetheless, <laughs> all of this, all this conversation could really be brought to a screeching halt when you just say there's too much uncertainty going on. And this is where Kevin Warren, I think, he did say that. He put out a statement. But in this day and age, you have to say it repeatedly and you also have to say it quickly. Any hour that goes by without coming out with a statement or something to sort of appease the masses is a wasted hour, a wasted day, where pretty soon your the perception of you, I should say, is kind of tarnished and there's no turning back. So it is a bad spot for him, and some of it is self-inflicted. But there are other things going on here in this conversation that I don't think the coaches are helping either. And ultimately, everybody is making the Big Ten look bad, and that includes ADs, chancellors, presidents. We say, who is the leader here? And that's where Kevin Warren should kind of be the ringleader in terms of communication. But these schools, the presidents of these schools, are ridiculously powerful individuals, and you aren't really seeing anyone take the lead. So all that said, go figure. Another pack show, they all seem to be, and 
I wish that there were more things to talk about. I mean, there is. The NFL's back. The Bears are playing on Sunday. We'll see how they do. I actually think that old Mitch could have a surprise season because if there's one thing that we've seen with Mitch is that you know, when the lights are brightest and he's playing in front of crowds that are screaming and, and thirsting for blood, that's where he kind of falls flat. I actually think that this exercise in playing in front of no fans may do wonders for him. So we'll talk a little bit of NFL football on the uh, evening that Deshaun Watson and, and Patrick Mahomes get things started. And by the time you listen to this podcast, it may have been after that Chiefs-Texans game, but it is nice to have it back. It's nice to know that there's going to be more college football this weekend and every weekend after that. So don't mistake anything that I'm saying here as a lack of desire on my part to watch football. I'm ready. I'm ready to just set up shop on my porch on Sunday and watch from the Bears at noon all the way through that evening. Enjoy a beautiful September Sunday afternoon with a few drinks, with some delicious food, and just watching football. That is going to be cathartic for everybody. All right, before we go any further, a reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. You can get a custom zone with any topping you want. Pepperoni, sausage, all the usual stuff, but some off-the-wall toppings, too. So check out their menu. There's tons of options. Or you can get one of their favorites, like the Buffer Zone or the Maui Wowie, and their signature dipping sauce. Ridiculously low prices, and this is the kind of food that, bang for your buck, you aren't going to find many better places in Champaign-Urbana. It will fill you up, and best of all, they deliver right to your doorstep, anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Order online at dpdo.com. Also, 4th and Kirby, online at 4th and New designs coming in October. Two new designs that are on their website, an Illini football one from 1978 and their first ever Illini volleyball t-shirt. Very cool designs, vintage inspired like all the other 4th and Kirby stuff. High quality t-shirts. I got a couple of them. Going to order that football t-shirt this weekend and have it for whenever football season may start. But it's something you want in your collection, even if we got to wait until January or whatever it is. 4thandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level or the 200 level for 10% off at fourthandkirby.com. And State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for all your insurance needs auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is an expert along with the staff, but more than that, they are local products. So if you're in the East Central Illinois area, you know that you have experts and people that know the area at your side, and you can trust them. And that's kind of important when it comes to insurance. So go online to brianismyguy.com. For State Farm agent Brian Hansen, brianismyguy.com. Illini Inquired uh, and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Got to thank, of course, Illini Inquirer and my good friend Jeremy Warner. And he had tweeted out just a little bit before I came behind the microphone about how Kevin Warren really needs to get his house in order. And I don't disagree with that assessment at all. You know, the job of a commissioner is to act sort of as the mouthpiece of the conference, and you're representing a lot of different interests. There is no doubt that Kevin Warren has struggled. <laughs> you might even argue failed at this, maybe even failed miserably. I don't deny that, that it has not been a good tenure for him so far, and that when he has spoken, his initial interview, for example, on Big Ten Network, not so good, and seems somewhat evasive and un underprepared, and then the statement that he released, that's fine, but the damage had already been done. So from a PR perspective, he certainly has not been up to snuff. And that's disappointing because really the number one job you would think of a commissioner is to be that mouthpiece. And if you look at Major League Baseball, for example, Rob Manfred, terrible at that. And that is part of the reason we perceive him the way we do as a weak commissioner. 
We could also criticize the Big Ten Conference in general, and that goes to presidents, chancellors, athletic directors, and the conference admin for not having formulated a plan back in June, in July, because the virus, certainly the numbers have grown, and the way that we felt about it in early June compared to early August, vastly different because it was the summer from hell where no one could stay away from each other and the numbers just grew and grew and grew. And we were in a bit of a different situation than maybe they even anticipated back in June and back in July. But nonetheless, plenty of time from March through August to come up with contingencies and plans about how you are going to get this season off the ground, including a bubble setup, which I know might sound a little bit crazy for college football players, but is it any crazier than bringing them on campus earlier than any other student in the first place like they did back in May? Well, let's just do away with the notion that these are amateur athletes or that they're student athletes. They're essentially professional athletes without the salary is the way that they're being treated. They are getting preferential treatment, but also they're getting told, well, you got to show up for your 40 to 60 hour a week job, even if there aren't going to be games. So as we sit here and wonder, well, what the hell happened to Big Ten season? We can blame a lot of different factors. And that blame is shared amongst the schools and amongst the conference. But it is also a fact of the matter that in the middle of this pandemic and the uncertainty with this virus and the effect that it has on young people or anybody for that matter and the long-term effects, that the uncertainty alone makes it too risky to play games right now until you can ensure that every single guy in that field is COVID-19 free. And the Big Ten, fortunately, may be able to do that within the next few months with the saliva testing along with other conferences. We'll see. So to me, was I'm, I'm watching these games like Texas State and SMU. I'm going to be watching games this weekend. College football, I think the NFL, they've been doing testing so often that you feel fairly confident that they got a handle on it. But with college football and these smaller conferences, they're doing maybe once a week testing. Who's to say that a few guys on each offensive or defensive line have this? And before you know it, you have major outbreaks and the Sun Belt season is done for. God forbid if the Sun Belt season's done for. The SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, all the best laid plans go to crap because of inevitable outbreaks. And let's start there. It's going to happen. I don't want to be that guy that says, I told you so. I've said this before. I would love to be proven wrong about all these things. Like how colleges, when they open back up, guess what? The numbers went crazy. And a lot of major schools are going to remote only or doing these half-assed measures like two-week quarantine. Wisconsin, two-week quarantine and encouraging some of their undergrads to leave the dorms and go back home which I know Dr. Fauci said that's a terrible idea because now they're going back to their communities with the virus. And uh, here we go. Now it's spreading, right? But we've already seen from the student perspective, opening these campuses and trying to get that to work. It has been a disaster. And it was right there in front of us. And even the smartest people we'd like to consider, the smartest people in this country, people that run universities, couldn't figure it out. And even here at the University of Illinois, this model that they had about how many students would have it in the early going of the semester, or really the semester in general, I think part of that model included that, yeah, they'll go out on the weekend. Excuse me. No, they go out about four or five nights a week. And whether that be an apartment party or a bar, whatever it is, they are going out more than Friday or Saturday night. Gee, you know, I love to go out, but it's a Wednesday. I can't do that. Said no 20-year-old ever. So it is an absence of leadership and you think, well, okay, why did they try to open schools up? And why are they trying to have college football in the middle of a pandemic? And the answer is the same for both. It's money. 
which sounds oversimplistic maybe, and certainly it sounds cynical, but I think we would all agree that that's exactly what it is. We have a bloated university and college system in this country. Tuition rates have been skyrocketing since I was born back in the mid-80s and well before that. And when you see what it costs to go to a college or university in the 70s compared to what it is now, that is a little bit more than just the rate of inflation, just a little bit more. <laughs> so this has been a bloated thing from the institutions themselves to the athletic departments, and now things are coming home to roost because this supposedly not-for-profit system that is there for education is actually a big, big business, some of the biggest businesses in this country, and they are treating themselves as such, not in the health and safety interest of their students or their athletes, but in their own financial interest. So that is, I understand, a cynical view of this, that the presidents and the chancellors and the athletic directors and maybe even down to the coaches, to the commissioners of these conferences, that they are not looking out in the best interest of their own students. So when I see this continued chorus, whether it be from people on Twitter or, as we saw today, from coaches saying, well, we want to play. Why can't we play? Come on. It's not fair. We want to play. I need to stop short of just saying, you know what? Shut up. It's a pandemic. We'll play when, we, when it's safe to play. What do you want? What do you want? You want to play out in this pandemic so you can go chase your national championship, Ryan Day? I get that from a football perspective. But on the other hand, all that Kevin Warren has to say, as he did say in that statement, is that there are too many uncertainties and too many risks. We are not going to put our student athletes out there essentially as guinea pigs. And yet that's not enough. That's not enough for Ryan Day. That's not enough for other coaches. It's not enough for the 26 parents that were all pissed off and went to the Big Ten headquarters up in Rosemont. And it is against the better judgment or just common sense here. I understand the desire on all fronts to be watching Big Ten football. And even for me, as a very cynical Illini fan that thinks, okay, even this best-case scenario year, we're looking at like four and six in that conference-only schedule. Best, best case scenario. I know it could be better than that, but to me, that desire and that drive does fizzle a bit when I know what is going to happen if they try to play these games right now, which is a rash of postponements, games that don't get made up. Really, any idea of you know the integrity of the game, that's bastardized at this point. You're going to have teams with 10 to 15 guys out of commission because they either tested positive or they were around someone who tested positive. And Illinois is one of the few places that actually has the infrastructure in place to know 99% at least that their entire roster is COVID-19 free. You cannot guarantee that for any other school. And now we're going to put them on a field to run into each other and think that this thing ain't going to spread. Come on. It's naive to think that. The NFL professional league, they will probably get this done. There may be a guy here or there, but it would be very surprising if any of these games in the NFL gets postponed or has to be made up or doesn't get made up at all. They got their ducks in a row and they have the resources to do that. College football is way too splintered to pull that off. And to see the news of Oklahoma deciding that they're going to treat COVID-19 kind of like the injury list. Gamesmanship. Yeah, you know, you'll find out the day of the game who's not playing. We just don't want to give any competitive advantage when this is a public health crisis. So it actually is in the best interest of Norman, Oklahoma, and its citizens to know how many guys on that team have it. And don't give me that HIPAA regulation crap. You don't need to release the names, but communities should know how many people in their community have this thing. 
So all of that is to say, (laughs) if that seemed impassioned, it's impassioned because I feel sometimes like I'm on crazy pills. Like, am I nuts? Am I missing reality here? That this is the context that we're all living in, and yet we're trying to push on with a college football season when we know damn well that it is going to be a bastardized version of such. And yet, all the animosity is directed solely at Kevin Warren, when, as I've said on previous podcasts, stick to sports carp, that you can go far higher than that to see why this country sucked so badly at containing this thing and why, guess what, your precious little college football may not be coming back. It is not Kevin Warren's fault in that regard. The communication, yada, yada, yada. I could say that until I'm blue in the face, that he stunk at the communication and that that's his job and I get it, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. It's boring after a point and eventually kind of irrelevant. That is the old don't shoot the messenger thing, right? We're talking about someone that has to go to 14 different schools, speak with chancellors and presidents, and people continue to bitch and moan about the fact that this guy, he's the sole reason that we don't get Big Ten football. Incorrect. So let's get to Ryan Day and James Franklin from my two favorite Big Ten football programs, Penn State and Ohio State, of course. We'll start with old James Franklin. He was on the Keyshawn, Zubin, and Jay Will show on ESPN Radio. Asked by co-host Zubin Mahenti, I hope I get that name correct, about what he's heard about the conference possibly reversing course and starting in the fall. This is the quote from James Franklin. It's been challenging, as you guys know. I think the big challenge as the head football coach is that your players and your parents think that you have all the answers to what's going on. But the reality is, we're dependent on the Big Ten to drive this thing forward. It's been challenging. It truly has in terms of where we're at. I'm not really sure. I think that's part of the problem. To me, I've said this from the beginning. I don't necessarily have an issue with the decision. I got an issue with the process, and I got an issue with the timing. To be able to stand up in front of your team and parents and tell them that the season is canceled, postponed, but not have any answers as to how that affects their future and when we will be playing football and still have it a month later. That's the hard part. It's been really, really challenging. I think a big part of leadership is to be able to deliver answers to people's questions and also be able to drive people towards a vision and drive people towards a plan. Right now, we don't have those things. This goes on. It's a 24-7 sports article. When Franklin was asked about what he's heard from the Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren in the league office, he originally deflected and instead focused on his team. However, he eventually caved in and once again mentioned the lack of communication in detail. This is from James Franklin. Quote, We just haven't gotten great communication from the beginning. We've never really been told or understood why the season was shut down in the first place, and there hasn't been a whole lot of communication since. When I say communication, we've had meetings. But I'm talking about really understanding why and what and how we got here. The article goes on. Like most coaches who aren't playing, it's tough to watch those who are. For Franklin, it's no different. Quote, that's the challenge. Not only be able to be going through our normal routines, that's challenging. But then to be sitting there on a Saturday or a Friday night and watching other people play and we're not a part of it. Everything you hear... Everybody you talk to, the problems have nothing to do with football. You haven't heard any issues about football. We haven't had any, and nobody I've talked to has had any here. It's all the behaviors away from football. So that would lead you to the argument. Wouldn't it make sense to keep sports going to keep people busy? Everything I've heard, it's been the actions away from sports that have really caused the issues. Okay, I need to start with that last point. If people continue with this narrative, that college football players are going to be regular cast members of Leave it to Beaver, just because there's a game on Saturday, you are delusional. You are delusional. Some, yes, 
there are going to be some players that say, you know what, I'm pretty much going to hole up in my apartment and I'm not going to interact with people. But come on, we're talking 85 scholarship athletes. If you include walk-ons, all that, 110 or so. And you're really counting on that bubble, that large of a bubble, to not have people act like 18 to 22-year-old college students and behave like regular college students. So could we please do away with, oh, think of the children. They're such good boys. Yeah, you know what? They're, they're fine, just like any other college kid. They're fine boys. Nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong that there is almost this biological desire to go out as an 18 to 22-year-old and do risky things. That's the riskiest age demo out there. And yet I continue to hear coaches and some sports media people say, no, 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 no. They aren't going to party. There's a game on Saturday. They, they wouldn't dare go party. They wouldn't dare socialize. Oh, my God. So let's just stop that. I know James Franklin, he's, he's quite the Pollyanna about student-athletes, and oh, he's just a ray of sunshine, isn't he? Delusional. These guys will be college students, okay? At least enough of them. Enough of them will be where that idea that you are more insulated because they got a game on Saturday. That is bunk. Don't bring that. Come on. <laughs> like That is just anecdotal crap. And you could pull five or six guys from a team and say they're doing the right thing. Probably more than that, to be honest. Okay? Probably more than that, that are doing the right thing. But this notion that that's something that's going to be true for 110 of those guys, give me a break. Okay. Now... Other things that Franklin said, I don't disagree with the notion that as a leader, Kevin Warren needs to maybe articulate a vision as to how this thing could come back. Warren has been very vague about that. He has said, essentially in that statement, that it was about uncertainty and health risk. They just don't think they have the infrastructure in place to safely carry this out right now. But they got a committee to bring it back. I think Barry Alvarez is heading that committee to bring this season back at some point. You got all the medical experts and all that. Okay, that's great. That's great. And he did articulate that, but I do agree with Franklin that you also need to articulate a vision for what it might look like when you do come back. I don't think there's any harm in that. Kevin Warren doesn't need to put a date on it. And I hope that none of these coaches actually think that they're going to get a date because you aren't. You won't get, hey, uh, October 10th, like Sir Yacht told us so many times on Twitter. You aren't going to get Thanksgiving directly from the league office because they don't know themselves. But I do agree that, yeah, articulate maybe a vision of how we can get this thing back. Here are the steps that we're taking. And if we can do A, B, and C, then we got a potential season here. That can be done. And it hasn't been done. And that is a problem with Kevin Warren's leadership. But back to the idea, and boy, I see this course from coaches, you know, I, it would have been nice if they just told us why we couldn't play. Okay. Again, it's pandemic, uncertainty, health risk. There's your reason. So let's just stop with this idea of, well, it would have been nice if they gave us a reason. That's the reason. The reason's right in front of you. It's on the news every night. It's in your communities. It's especially in your communities now that students are back. You could make the argument. Well, why did they allow us to start training camp in the first place? That's a good question. Why did they release the schedule? That's a great question. If the Big Ten hadn't done that, we would not be in the mess we're in. So if you want to ding Kevin Warren for a few things, communication would certainly be one of them. Not articulating a vision, that's certainly another. And also, releasing a schedule and all this kind of stuff in the first place, and then five days later, reneging on that. Yes, 
totally reasons to criticize him. Valid. But don't say, well, why can't we play? Because we can't ensure that every player on that field is COVID-19 free. And given the nature of this game, it ain't tennis, it's football. That sucker will spread like wildfire on a field with 11 dudes and all the contact and all the heavy breathing. And keep in mind, there was the first D1 player, or not D1, I'm sorry, but football player, college football player, maybe FCS, that had passed away. I think it's California University in Pennsylvania, something like that. But regardless, the first one, he's an offensive lineman, larger dude. And that's anecdotal. I'm not going to throw that out there and say, well, this is the one sole reason why you should not be having college football. But it is indicative that at-risk individuals do include obese people. And we can say that offensive linemen and defensive linemen, well, they can run up and down the steps of a stadium. But guess what? They're still obese. They are still at risk. And if heart issues do play a role, and again, we don't know for sure how much they do, but that ain't good for some of these larger guys. So stop asking, well, why can't we play? Oh, but guess what? We have someone else who did. Ryan Day. Ryan Day is on the case. And you know, it's, it's interesting because Ryan Day articulated a lot of interesting things that a guy like Urban Meyer would not have. Talking about um, some mental health stuff um, and how he approached it with his own team. I know that Urban Meyer got into that whole stress-related thing with Florida, and I don't 100% buy that. I'm not the biggest Urban Meyer fan. But Ryan Day last year came off as very authentic. And as I read this and <clears throat> criticize it, don't mistake this for me saying he's not an authentic individual. I don't know enough about Ryan Day to make that call yet. But here is the statement that he had today, 3.08 p.m. on Thursday, September 10th. While I understand the Big Ten Conference's decision to postpone the football season because of health and safety considerations, good start, the communication of information from the Big Ten following the decision has been disappointing and often unclear. However, we still have an opportunity to give our young men what they have worked so hard for, a chance to safely compete for a national championship this fall. I couldn't possibly be prouder of how this team, our medical personnel, athletic director, and president have stayed together and managed through this extremely difficult time with so many unanswered questions. The Big Ten Medical Subcommittee has done an excellent job of creating a safe pathway toward returning to play in mid-October. So he puts a date on it. These young men and their parents have asked so many questions that I do not have an answer to. But the one that hurts the most is, why can't these other teams and players play and we can't? Duke is playing Notre Dame and Clemson is playing Wake Forest this weekend. Our players want to know, why can't they play? <sighs> God. Again, back, am I on crazy pills? <laughs> I feel as if by just saying it's a pandemic and there are uncertainties and health and safety risk, just by saying that, that there are a number of people that will view that as... Wow, Carp's an alarmist. He's a hypochondriac. He's freaking out. He's hiding in his basement, as some have said. Whatever. I mean, I do the show down here, but that's about the only time I spend in the basement. But that's really just the long and short of it. We're going to see a cavalcade of these finely worded statements from parents and players and coaches and it is just redundant crap at a certain point. Because they all end in the same thing. Why can't we play? And I understand when it is your trade 
and it is your passion and you're being told you can't do it, that it hurts. But why they can't play is obvious. Doing this, by the way, we talk about Kevin Warren and the damage that he's done to the Big Ten. Now, Ohio State has always thought that they are bigger than the conference, at least in the last 20 years. And you know what? Their success on the football field, they may be right. Maybe they could pull an order dame. I mean, I kind of want them to try. <laughs> you know, it'd be okay with me if they did. I, I have no problems never playing an Ohio State team again because I'm just sort of done with it. But it makes me wonder, okay, who do you think you are, Ryan Day? You are now stepping out and further blemishing your conference. We can blame Kevin Warren for the initial paper cuts, or actually more than that, to the conference's perception because of his poor communication. But when James Franklin and Ryan Day speak out about this, and you know that the gist behind it is, well, we want to play and we just want to know why we can't play, it is childish. Why is it childish, Carp? I mean, it was a finely worded statement. Eh, whatever, okay. At the end of the day, they can put all this window dressing around the statement, but at the end of the day, what the statement is truly about is we want to play and it just sucks. We're jealous. Come on, come on, let us play. That's what it is. It doesn't matter how many nice words they're putting into it, how finely tuned these paragraphs are. That's what it's about. They want to be told one thing, game on. They want to be told that one thing and nothing else will suffice. They could be given a phone book worth of health and safety risk guidelines. This is why we can't play it until we have this, this, or that. But if the end answer is we can't play, they're still going to be pissed off. So let's do away with this notion that the parent letters and the lawsuits and the coaches' statements have anything else to do with this whole situation than bring football back. That's it. Game on. That's the only two words that Kevin Ward could say that would actually get these people off his back. Because if he comes out now and tries to actually articulate the uncertainties and the health risk, these are the specific reasons. He could really come out and repeat verbally what he wrote in that statement. And he could deliver it as beautifully as any commissioner could. It wouldn't matter. The lawsuits would keep coming and we continue to get statements like this from Ryan Day, no less. So I can scoff at this letter, but it has an impact. It has an impact to put a statement out as the Ohio State football coach, the cream of the crop in this conference, and essentially let the nation know our conference is broken right now. That's what this statement says. They are blaming specifically Kevin Warren for this. They mentioned the communication. Again, I agree with that. But that's sort of like when we get into these protest and people say, well, what about the rioting and looting? And you say, well, yes, of course, rioting and looting is bad. Do I need to repeat that every time? No, I don't. Do I need to repeat every time that Kevin Warren did a poor job of communicating this? No, because we understand that. But this is getting old. This is getting old. What do you want? Again, they just want game on. And the question is, how do you get to that point where the Big Ten can say game on? And until you can ensure that every player is tested, and that they test negative before they set foot on that field, and there's nothing that sneaks through the cracks, then that's going to be tricky to do. I know the Ryan Day, he pulled the old... I mean, I hear, the, I hear this from sixth graders. Well, they're doing it. Why can't I? 
Now, there's a variety of reasons that student A may, may be able to do something that student B doesn't. Maybe student A finished their work early, so they're able to check out a YouTube video. So I would tell student B, well, they did this. Uh, maybe at recess, though, student A is punching another kid in the face, and student B says, well, why can't I do that? And I would say, well, because student A is punching the kid in the face. You shouldn't be doing that. Why would you want to do that? Point being, we could say, well, why can't we play Duke's playing, Notre Dame's playing, Clemson's playing, Wake Forest is playing? Why can't we do that? And I would say, well, Johnny, come over here for a second. Just because they are doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Now, here's the hypocrisy on my part, okay? I am contradictory in this way. I'm going to be watching. So moral ethical dilemmas, they're all kind of balled up in there. I'm going to be watching some of these games when they're on. And I am going to be wishing that the Big Ten had games themselves. And I'm still wishing that the Big Ten has games later this fall. But at the moment, until that structure is in place, until we know that these guys won't potentially spread it on a football field and then back in their own communities. It just seems like, you know what? It's only football. And that would probably tick a lot of people off. We have the emotional connection to sports. We want to be tailgating. We have the traditions tied up and watching our favorite NFL team on Sundays. We got our lucky jersey. We got all that stuff, right? We got our lucky drink. (laughs) We have, as Lon does, his... Tombstone, pepperoni pizza, and Mountain Dew to watch the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, that means something. Sports are important. Just like concerts for me, that's the big thing in the summer. That's what I look forward to more than any sporting event. And yet, as much as I hated not being able to do these things this summer, I also realized that those situations in this time, given the context of the pandemic, it's not safe. And that's really it. And for these players, this is what's so interesting about this movement. Parent letters, coaches making statements like Ryan Day, <laughs> James Franklin. Ugh. Could Ohio State and Penn State, could they go away? I'd, there's, there's times that I wish, for one, so Illinois could win more games, and two, so I wouldn't have to see the freaking Buckeyes or the Nittany Lions in town again and know we're going to lose to them. Could they just go away is what I think sometimes. But... <laughs> To me, it just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, you know? And that is going to be interpreted, I understand, by some as, well, you didn't want it that much in the first place. You didn't want it back that much in the first place. No, a long time ago, I decided when this thing was going on and as we got into May and June and it was clear that sports, concerts, things like that were in jeopardy of not really returning until next year, I sort of came to a resolution with myself that, When it comes back, I'm going to be happy it does, but it may not for a while. You know, that was just sort of something I had to reconcile. And there was enough of the population that I think just went about their day-to-day activities like, well, this is no big deal. Things are going to be normal. Or maybe they just treat this whole thing like it was normal and went about their daily lives like there wasn't (laughs) a smoldering pandemic, you know, lurking around any corner, you know, I don't know. But regardless... How many of us actually thought in July that there was going to be a college football season? And that leads me back to my hypothesis. If they don't release the schedule, and if they don't set a first day of training camp, I don't think there'd be this much animosity. 
there would be, of course, still some animosity because you have three of the Power Five conferences playing. And yeah, certainly the Pac-12 has gotten less heat because their commissioners went out and talked about it. But you know what? I have another theory. Maybe the Pac-12 has gotten less heat because not as many people care about the Pac-12. Or maybe some of the people out there have just said, you know what? There are bigger things in sports. But in Big Ten country, Buckeye Nation, for all the Wolverine fans, and for God's sake, out in Happy Valley where there's not crap else to do, this is it. This is it. I understand the reaction, the emotional reaction to it. But I don't understand the question, why can't they play? And I wouldn't even have to provide you with any more than just the numbers or the fact that we have college campuses left and right going remote only or doing two-week quarantines. It's a mess. It, it's one of those things where it leads me back to a larger concern, which is that leadership at any level in the midst of the last six months and what we've dealt with has essentially failed us. So that includes college presidents and chancellors and athletic directors to an extent, conference leaders, some of them, that there's really been a vacuum of leadership and that I get it on one hand, we're still kind of figuring this out as we go. But the Big Ten is essentially being criticized because they aren't going public with their internal deliberations about if, when, or if at all, there's going to be a season. They aren't going public with that. They're getting crap for that. And maybe hindsight will show us that the Big Ten was just simply being careful. And furthermore, when we get into the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12, and we inevitably watch any of those games and there's eight or nine guys out because they tested positive or were in contact with someone who did, and we get kind of a flunky product, a shell of itself, in stadiums where no one can attend the game anyway, and people are really this fired up about not getting a... <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, am I... Again, I feel like I'm on crazy pills sometimes. I love sports, but I'm sorry. It, I got other things I can do. And that's not meant to sound pretentious or as a slight against anybody because if someone said that about concerts, like, hey, man, I got better things to do than go to 75 Dave Matthews Band shows, I'd be like, hey, now hold on a second. That means something to me. So I, I kind of digress from what I said there because this means stuff to people. I get it. This is an emotional thing. But, man, you know, like I, I just feel like so much of this is blaming the messenger and while Kevin Warren's job is to be the messenger and he has failed at parts of that or failed at most of it, right, to be fair, that there are larger issues at play as to why there's not a Big Ten football season. If that was me fired up, which it probably was, I think it's a culmination of this story bubbling up. But essentially, whatever the statement may be or whoever it's coming from, it's the same thing. People want to play football, and that's really it. Come hell or high water, they want to play football. And there is something that I do notice about this. The politicization, is that how you'd say it? How politics have really kind of gotten into everything. Now with sports, that's been a long time coming. And you see athletes speaking out. So that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how coronavirus and sports specifically, how it's affected our ability to watch games or not watch games. That has been immediately politicized. And science be damned, 
medical experts be damned, we're going to press on because, well, it's just the flu, right? It, it immediately seems to revert to, well, it's not that big of a deal. Now, Ryan Day didn't say this. James Franklin didn't say this. And I'm glad that they didn't because as coaches, they need to be looking out for the health and safety of their players. But there were many of those parent letters that completely ignored the fact that there could be community transmission from this and would go on to say that, well, these athletes, they're probably going to be fine. And you know what? Probably. But is probably good enough when all you're really getting in return is the entertainment of a football game. Now, for these kids, yes, a lot of them, it's their opportunity to go to the NFL or at least a small percentage, but still in terms of sheer numbers, a lot of them are interested in playing professional football. You take this away from them and that could hurt, but I don't know if I buy that so much either because everyone's in the same boat here. The NFL draft and the combine next year, that's going to be weird. And all these players are going to be thrown into a big pool and have to prove themselves all over again because even the ones that do play in this weird, fluky, flunky kind of season, it's not going to have as much of an impact as if this were a full-fledged college football season. So I just find that all these arguments, they, they all come back down to, okay, what's the main point? We want to play. And the subheadline to that is, medical experts and health risk be damned. I, I don't think that's good enough. All right. That's about all I got for today. It's a little bit shorter of a podcast. There is an NFL football game tonight. You have two of the best quarterbacks in the game, and it is somewhat tough to watch knowing that the Bears could have had either of them, but we do have Trubisky, which my optimistic stance for this NFL season is that old Mitch will surprise since he does not have to play in front of raucous crowds and he can just go out there and sling the ball around. Maybe Mitch is going to be a pleasant surprise. And if he's not, you put out old Nick Foles and just let him sling it around and see what happens. I think the Bears are going to be mediocre. Eight, nine wins. They'll be relevant enough where maybe in November you think, well, if they went on a win streak here, they could make the playoffs. But at the end of the day, am I that optimistic? No. But here's the good news. When you go with low expectations, I learned this from Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9. You go with low expectations, you can be pleasantly surprised. So I am excited for Sunday. I'm excited for tonight. You may be listening to this Friday or Saturday after that Thursday night football game, but having the NFL back is nice. That is where I am contradicting myself. Football, yes. Have some drinks, good food, sit back, watch the game. That I'm excited for. I'm also excited to watch college football, no matter what the matchup is, just to have it on, right? Uh, That is where my contradiction lies. I want it back. I'm happy to watch it. But I also know that eh, there there could be some um, negative consequences in doing that, specifically with college. I hope that this podcast, (laughs) I feel spent. I think that, again, was pent up frustrations coming out. And that's going to happen occasionally on this podcast. But thanks for bearing with me. And truly, for the listeners, we got a great listening base you have came along in this journey from what was, God, I mean, six months ago. It's September 10th. Six months ago, on March 10th, that would have been the Tuesday after Illinois, Iowa. Dreaming of the NCAA tournament. And what, is, what is our seed going to be? Are we going to make a run in the Big Ten tournament, right? That was six months ago to the day. And if you're listening to this on Friday, September 11th, That is six months to the day when the NBA shut down, Tom Hanks had coronavirus, and Fred Hoiberg was dying 
on the sideline, though that was just the flu. So thank goodness for that. But it is remarkable to think where we were then, where we are now, the conversations we've had on this podcast that I did not anticipate we would have. You know, I was comfortable just kind of doing the sports thing, but the world sort of said, okay, well, here are some other factors tied in with sports. I really appreciate the fact that you all have went along on that journey with me. It's not about agreeing 100% with each other. It's not about um, being exactly on the same page. For me, for selfish reasons, this can be a platform to come on, get my thoughts and feelings out there, into the microphone, onto the computer, and into your iPhone or your car speakers, whatever it may be. And it is selfish in that regard. Kind of like a therapy session, right? I just turn on the microphone and just let it out. But the fact that any of you care to listen and do so regularly means a lot. And thanks for thanks for being a subscriber. Thanks for being a listener. You've all helped out so much with ratings and reviews. Cannot thank you enough for that. That helps us anytime someone searches Illini, they find us. And maybe we're for them and maybe we aren't. But the fact that we are for you in some way, shape, or form that's enough for me. It really is. So thank you again for all your support. And uh, tell a friend. Say, hey, there's this kind of weird Illini sports podcast. And yeah, they don't always talk about Illini sports. But, uh, you know, he's, he's got some interesting stuff. Spread the word. Also spread the word about DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. And they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Custom zones, any topping you want. You could also get one of their favorites, the Maui Wowie, the buffer zone. You get dipping sauce with it. They got some cool stuff like cookies. They can bring you a nice fountain drink. I love a good fountain soda. And again, if you're in Champaign-Urbana, just hang out at home. They'll bring it to you. Piping hot. Order online at dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level or the 200 level for 10% off your order. And all year round, buy two t-shirts, get one free at forthandkirby.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. For all your life, auto, home, business, renters, whatever you need for insurance, they're your people at brianismyguy.com. Trevor's favorite domain name for good reason. Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Whew. All right, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go have dinner. I'm going to make a drink. I'm going to watch football. And that's going to be my Thursday night. And this weekend, I'm going to watch a hell of a lot more football. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm going to enjoy the beautiful weather. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. It is the 200 level.